Well, there's a heck of a lot of excitement right now down in Waco, Texas, where the Baylor Bears are crushing it on the recruiting trail for football. They're hoping for a much better 2021 than 2020. Let's welcome out a guy who knows the Bears like the back of his hand. Drake Toll is joining us on KCMO Talk Radio. He is with Sikkim 365. Drake, it's great to have you on the show. We appreciate the time. And before we get it going, I want to make sure that you guys take a moment out, leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to this podcast. Because if you do, I've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie that has your name on it. When you leave me a rating and a review, just send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will get you a koozie in the mail when you subscribe to this podcast and leave me a rating and a review. Can't thank you guys enough for doing that. Appreciate you. It's how we beat ESPN and all the big dogs in the podcast space. It's because of you. It means the world to me. Thank you, you guys, for doing that. Uh, This recruiting class is now, what, top 25 by most people's estimations for 2022. What is working so well for Dave Aranda on this staff uh, when it comes to recruiting? See, you can't short us. There's at least one outlet that has Baylor in the top 20, and so we got got to throw that out there. Uh, But I'll tell you what, for, for Dave Aranda and company, what is so impressive to me, you walk into a program where Matt Rule goes three years, doesn't have very good recruiting success. Matt Rule is a spectacular developer. He built something out of nothing after the 2016 scandal. And you go Dave Aranda and you say, all right, I need you to recruit in the middle of a pandemic. And the best thing you've got now to recruit with is a two and seven season. Here are your two wins. How are you going to bring guys in? Uh, and it's been so impressive what he's done, not just across the full the full scale. What's interesting to note for me, there was one four-star in this entire recruiting class, and Kai and Roberts Day, uh, who actually committed, he was the first committed to the class. That, uh, he was the only four-star until about four days ago. And that's when three guys decided to jump in, George Melee, Trey Emery, Jordan Neighbors, three other four-stars that have anchored this class and skyrocketed Dave Aranda. I'll tell you the success, though, has come not just from Aranda's experience at LSU, what he's able to do at Wisconsin, but what this program and staff have put together from a personality standpoint. When you sit down with these guys, you know they're genuine. You know they're building something in Waco. The recruits see it, and they've been able to sell something special in Baylor that a lot of coaches, even Matt Rule, to an extent, were not able to do. Now that is, I, I just I think about the last year for Dave Aranda, and I think you're spot on there, Drake. I think about a guy who uh, walked into a spot, first time head coach, pandemic hits, blows everything up. He's got no spring, barely any summer. That a couple of games that were canceled. You can't walk into a tougher spot. I don't think it's fair to judge Dave Aranda at all based on last year. When you're seeing this recruiting ability, though. Is that about his SEC and Big Ten ties? Is it about just his personality? What's the driver behind it? Well, I think a lot of this is indicative of, of what Jeff Grimes is doing right now on the offensive end. If you look at a lot of these recruits so far, your top five or six are on the offensive side of the football. Jeff Grimes has come in and made an absolute – he set a tone at Baylor so far with Eric Mateos, the offensive line coach, Chancey Stuckey from Clemson who came over. These guys have unbelievable connections that have really tied things in for Dave Aranda on the offensive side of the ball where Larry Fedora, last year's offensive coordinator, couldn't get it done. 
for Orlando right now, I do think a lot of the connections are coming from Texas. A lot of these guys are those Texas recruits that we, we struggle. You know, will Dave Aranda be able to recruit the state as someone who has not been at the Power Five level in the state very much throughout his career? And he showed that he could do that. A lot of SEC country guys, too. We talk about Kai and Roberts Day from Missouri. Uh, and, and then you got Zach Pyron, who is the quarterback in this class and he's on the verge of being a four star and will likely finish in that spot being one of those guys who's been invited to the elite 11. But when you think about Dave Aranda's scope of his career, when these guys sit in his office and on his finger, he's got a national championship ring, not just a championship ring, but one of the most dominant championships in, 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 in college football history at LSU. I think recruits take a look at that and that helps a lot. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the sec big 10 ties, but right now, the staff that he's built as a whole, his success in the, in the past, are speaking for themselves. Matt Rule, to me, Drake, felt like a, a great Baylor fit, kind of chip on the shoulder, underdog, you know, never going to be the blue blood of Texas, Oklahoma. Does Dave Aranda, does he embrace that? Is that who Dave Aranda is, or is it, is it different? Dave Aranda is the silent killer. I, it is <laughs> so interesting to me, if if Dave Aranda is in a fight with a bear, you got to help that bear. Like going into it, you're going to expect the bear to win heavily, but Aranda's just got this this feisty chip on his shoulder. He's got a more quiet demeanor, but now that he's really settled into his own, uh, he, he's built something already in this recruiting class in the off season at Baylor, even bringing in a, a myriad of coaches this off season that are proving that he is not going to settle for being a mid-tier Big 12 team, a mid-tier college football team. He's been at the apex of the game, and he wants to do that with Baylor. So you're looking at a guy who has changed the staff changeover from year one. A lot of folks are giving their guys a couple of years, especially with COVID, to get adjusted. Aranda said, listen, there is a list of coaches on my staff from year one that did not work out. I want to win. I want to win now. I want to do it the right way, and we're going to make it happen in Waco. So he said, look, you know, four or five of you guys, we're, we're, this isn't working. We're parting ways. And he's bringing in new guys who have put together Vic Valoria, the strict conditioning coach. You look at uh, Chancey Stuckey, like I talked about, Eric Mateos, and obviously Jeff Grimes. Dave Aranda said, look, I, I am here to win. I'm going to do it at all costs. And his, his willingness to do that already in year one shows that he doesn't want Baylor to be the middle of the pack or the bottom of the pack where this program has historically been. Where are we right now? Drake Toll is joining us, Sikkim 365. Where are we right now this offseason on the, on the quarterback race? I mean, I, as someone who's, who's uh, not on the ground in Waco every day watching this program unfold, I think that Jacob Zeno should be the guy, just based on what we've seen, that Big 12 championship appearance a couple of years ago. Is he the front runner at least, or do you think it's, it's neck and neck right now in that race? Pete, uh I, I, what, this question has been the golden question all offseason. And, and every, you know, Baylor football next year could be a seven or eight win team. They could be a four win team. And what I think it's going to come down to is who the quarterback is. Can Baylor find a quarterback out of these four guys who are competing for a spot? Jacob Zeno has thrown two touchdown passes in a Big 12 championship game. He's got, he's got experience in the Sugar Bowl. 
He's a guy who folks really, really liked coming into this offseason. He walks out in the green and gold game, the spring game. You can't lose a job in the spring game, but you can look pretty bad, and I'm not sure he could have looked worse. Jacob Zeno just wasn't clicking that day. I'll tell you, he looked really good, though. That's the Earl Arkansas native Gary Bohannon, an Elite 11 guy. What he can do that Gary can't is be mobile. And the problem with Baylor last season, and a problem that's going to carry over to this season, even with a couple of transfers who have come in, is the offensive line. Gary Bohannon can be his own offensive line and make things happen with his legs. Jacob Zeno just can't do that. Zeno's a pocket quarterback, didn't make any great decisions in the spring game. And what I've seen in spring practice, the game put together, and where Dave Aranda, Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos, the like, where they all are, I think it's neck and neck still between Zeno and Bohannon. However, if I was to make it a decision today, give me Gary Bohannon in the starting quarterback spot just because the offensive line woes are still going to be there this season, and you're going to need a guy who can get outside of the pocket and make it happen with his legs when your arm's just not enough. What do we expect, Drake? Uh, Jeff Grimes, you mentioned him a lot. He's the new offensive coordinator, former guy at BYU just developed Zach Wilson to be the number two pick in the NFL draft. How is this offense for, for Big 12 fans that think about Baylor football, what are they going to see different out of this offense this year that they maybe haven't seen in recent seasons? Well, you know, people are talking about right now the wide zone and what Jeff Grimes is going to do with the wide zone at Baylor, how he adapted it at BYU and had success with it. You know, Zach Wilson wasn't on a ton of radars even going into his Heisman candidate season. So what Grimes is wanting to do is develop these guys with a wide zone to have success where the offensive line is. It's a, I'm going to meet these players where their talent is, knowing that Baylor does not have the same caliber of players as Oklahoma, as Texas, to an extent as TCU, Oklahoma State, and a couple of those, uh, a couple of the conference teams. So what's going to look different next year for Grimes, you're going to see from, from me, your quarterback is going to be, a really good decision maker. There were a lot of times where Charlie Brewer, you just thought, what is going through Charlie Brewer's head right now? You cannot be that guy as a quarterback in the wide zone. There are so many ins and outs that start with your quarterback, and Jeff Ryan is going to look at that. From a running game standpoint, you've got guys like Tristan Ebner, who has been solid in the past, hopefully getting Quaylen Jones and Squirrel Williams back to full health. And if Baylor can do that, they could be dangerous on the offensive end. They brought in a couple transfers on the receiver side. But I'll tell you, Pete, we can talk this all day long as far as offensive schemes go and what Jeff Grimes is bringing in and how he'll develop. But it really comes down, as most football does, on the offensive side of the offensive line. And right now, Baylor's O-line, there's still one or two holes where you don't even know who's going to start. Um, and having an O-line competition this late in the game where you have basically no idea who's going to beat a couple of these positions is not a place you want to be. So I still think you're about a year out from seeing what Jeff Grimes can really do with Baylor on the offensive end. And uh, that's part of the reason it seems like even even during the Matt Rule era, right, and you can remind me or mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong here, but even during the Matt Rule era, as I recall, Drake, the offensive line was always kind of a weaker link of this team. The way he's beefing this thing up on the recruiting trail signals to me he knows it's been a it's been a sore spot for this program and it's got to improve. Absolutely. I mean, George Melee is the most recent signee from Utah. The guy's a four-star offensive lineman, came in, signed just a couple of days ago. We've got him rated at a 90 overall. He's rated at a 90 on a national scale as well. He was a huge pickup and actually had a relationship with Siaki Aika, 
who is Baylor's new transfer defensive tackle from LSU. So bringing him in sets the tone as well. Colton Price is another one of those guys. And there are actually a couple of recruits coming out of this class in 2021 who are also said Tate Williams was an all-star offensive lineman in the state of Texas. They're recruiting that way. And Jacob Gall and Grant Miller, Grant Miller from Vanderbilt, Jacob Gall from Buffalo, both of those guys are coming in. They'll be able to play right away starting next season. So Jeff Grimes walked in, said, thank you, Matt Rule, for leaving this place better than you found it, but also where are the offensive linemen? And yeah. <laughs> now he's taken it upon himself to recruit those guys. And so as bad as they have been for a very long time, I think that's about to change. Take me through the defensive side here. I, I want to know if this dude at nose tackle, and I'm I may butcher his name, so you correct me, Drake. Siaki Ika, uh, he comes in from LSU, a transfer, former four-star guy, 6'4", 340. These are the kind of guys that just haven't played in not just at Baylor, but in the Big 12, and I would say going on a decade. Uh, getting a guy like this in here to anchor Dave Aranda's defense, how big of a deal is that? I, for me, Pete, you're going to see Baylor out there next season in a in a four four, and that's because Siaki Ika counts as two people. <laughs> I have never in in watching not just Big Twelve football, but Baylor football, even looking back to the Art Briles era, there there are a lot of there's a lot of emphasis on speed and agility. Guys that can get down the field can torch you. Let's put up seventy seven. You guys can have seventy. With Siaki Ika, I'm not sure if I've seen a larger man on a football field. They were bringing him over in the spring game. He got to play, which this just just speaks to his stamina, too. He got to play for both defenses, the green and the gold, because they both it was unfair to have him on just one team. You would bring him over, and most guys would switch jerseys, you know, to go from one team to the other. It was such a task to get a jersey on him they had to use a cutoff jersey. They had just ripped the seams out of the sides and would just drape something over him and send them back out there. I mean, I, I don't even think his, his, as far as his dimensions go, speak um, accurately to how big he really is. When I first saw him in person, I was blown away. His forearms are bigger than my thighs, and I can squat like 700 pounds, believe it or not. Uh, so I, I, I have just been blown away with what with what he's been able to uh, to put out there from a physicality standpoint. And he was making sacks in the spring game, getting to the line on every play. I mean, he's 6'3", 372. Um, he, he's my Big 12 Newcomer of the Year. Not just Baylor, Big 12 Newcomer of the Year. Watch out for the name Siaki Ika. He's going to be uh, wreaking havoc on, on offenses all season long. Yeah, and now I do want to find out a couple of things. How how healthy is Terrell Bernard? I think this guy at linebacker, you know, he's proven to be one of the best players in the program or in the uh, in the conference, and he's just got to stay healthy. He's coming back this year. Is he a guy who can be the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year? How is he doing right now? Right now, if he plays to the level where he played when Baylor needed him in that 2019 year, when you've got your one of your best linebackers goes down in 2019 and you're asking Terrell Bernard to step up, and he steps up into an all-Big 12 role, if you get that again, you've got a candidate for Big 12 Player of the Year. That said, injuries slow a lot of these guys down, and where Terrell Bernard is, he's going to be 100%. When we enter the season again and Baylor goes to San Marcos to open their year, Terrell Bernard will be on the field at 100%. And I think he could wreak havoc again, similar to Siaki Ika, wreak havoc on these offenses and be a guy where you just want to keep the ball away from Terrell Bernard and make sure that he's not anywhere near you. 
Uh, that said, I think it's still up in the air. A lot of people are going to tell you, oh, no, 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 he's going to be 100%. He'll be just right back to the next level. But I'm still wanna wait. I, I want to wait it out. Those first couple of games, I want to see where he is from a health standpoint because he'll be 100%, but is it a new 100% for a guy who's been dealing with injury since, uh, since having his knee all torn up last season? Boy, there is a lot that's going to be unfolding in Baylor. I, I firmly believe it's a team to keep a very close eye on here as a as a team to surprise a lot of folks in the Big 12. Drake Toll is with Sikkim 365, does a great job there. Drake, thank you for hopping on the show, my man. I appreciate it. Pete, absolutely. I got Baylor at 14 wins this season at the National Championship. <laughs> not a big enough home to win it, though. Uh, love it, Drake. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks so much. Thanks, Pete. He's Drake Toll. I'm Pete Mundo. Thank you, you guys, as well. Please leave a rating and review on this podcast. It helps us out tremendously. And when you do, I will send you a free Heartland College Sports Koozie in the mail. All you got to do is subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and I will send you that koozie after you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you guys for taking out a quick minute to do it. It means the world to me, and we'll talk to you soon.